Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number 19. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And of course, this is the weekly podcast devoted to answering all the questions you might have in learning how to be more effective, more productive, and efficient in your business through the use of delegating your tasks to a virtual assistant. And if you can't tell, I am about ready to completely lose my voice, and uh, I'm not going to go into details here on this episode as to why that is. Uh, For those who are sticking around for my live shows on Thursdays at 2 p.m., you'll hear the full story on uh, Family from the Heart. But hey, today I am excited to bring on, yet for her second appearance now on the Virtual Assistant Podcast, uh, I'm bringing on Holly, Holly, Holly Kyle who is a virtual assistant from Contemporary VA. And uh, Holly, when you came on last time, you you kind of came in midstream just as a volunteer uh, call-in. What did we talk about last time you were on the show? We talked about eBooks, if I remember correctly. You are right, and I have to personally thank you because, Holly, I want you to know that oh, good. Uh, Andrea is in the process of actually putting together my very first ebook and actually I had done some interviews with uh, Gilbert Berlou over at staffvirtual.com and he was so delighted about the number of people who listened to this show who contacted him and actually I guess they actually signed up quite a few clients uh, through those interviews as well and he was so appreciative that he gave me two virtual assistants to do projects for me and I've already sent them over some of my previous content, some of my podcast audio content to transcribe for even more books. I'm in the process of writing two ebooks thanks to you. That's exciting. I'm so glad to hear that. I think it is a, a fun uh, avenue to collaborate with your VA on, and uh, it's a relatively untapped uh, market as well. But, you know, anybody who has the, the information, the knowledge, uh, it's, it's a perfect venue to uh, distribute that. Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. In fact, one of them, I've decided that the content, there's so much content that's going to be involved in it that really, uh, instead of you know putting the entire you know nearly 100 items that I would give somebody to review to evaluate their podcast, I think what I'm going to do is give the ebook version will be like the top 10 things that most podcasters make as mistakes or the top 10 mistakes most podcasters make, and then that will be an ebook that will hopefully in, in, incite people to purchase the full book that I will self-publish through like lulu.com or a various other number of options for self-publishing. But the full, hopefully they'll purchase the full book, which will be how to evaluate your own podcast. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to see it when it gets all done. I do hope that I'll get a copy. Absolutely. You will. You'll get a signed, I'll I'll give you a copy of the, how do I sign a digital copy of my, my ebook? But, uh, I will certainly send you a copy of the book. Virtually, of course. Virtually. I'll have Andrea sign my name. (laughs) No, seriously. So you know what, Holly, before I get into today's topic, which by the way, folks, today's topic is should I hire a virtual assistant to blog for my business? 
that is the topic for today. But one of the things that we didn't have the opportunity to do the last time we had you on is to get a little to get to know you a little bit better, Holly. How did you get into the the world of virtual assistant? How did you become one? Well, um, I was stalked. No, really, um, I decided uh, that I initially was looking for a part-time um, job, but I did not have the flexibility to go and work in a traditional environment because I'm a single parent. And uh, I, I know that um, there are people out there who need little bits of help. So I went to Craigslist and started looking for part-time work in hopes of finding someone who maybe needed a little um, computer work, basically, and and was willing to pay a decent wage, um, but it, to use the skill set that I had, but flexible to my hours. And I really thought it was kind of an impossible task, but uh, I kept searching. And so I did stumble upon a woman who is uh, in uh, Mary Kay, and she was looking for somebody just to create her newsletter every month and send out postcards to her um, consultants that worked with her and her customers. So I took to that uh, right away. It was perfect. It was 10 hours a week. Loved it. And uh, two weeks after she hired me, she moved. And, and, and I thought, oh, no, here I have. I found this perfect job. Um, you know, and I worked half in my home and half in her home. Uh, and then there she was moving eight hours away. Well, she was so thrilled with the newsletters that we'd already produced that, um, she said, well, would you be willing to do this virtually? And I thought, well, I don't know why not. I could certainly do 99% of what she was having me do at home. And so that's how that, how that got started. Well, my 10 hours a week turned into, you know, 15 to 20. And I thought I could probably turn this into a full-time job because I really, really liked it. Um, and so I put my own ad on Craigslist thinking, well, maybe people don't know that there are people out there that do that because I was very naive in thinking that the virtual assistant world was um, small. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I got um, contacted by CVA to check them out and see if it might be a good fit. And uh, that was almost a year ago. And here I am. That is awesome. That's, and, and, and That's and my story about how I got involved. Wow. And, and by the way, for those of you who are just now tuning in for the very first time to the Virtual Assistant Podcast, if that inspires you in any way to think about how you might be able to find a career as a virtual assistant, I really want to encourage you to go back to last week's episode, episode number 18. You can find that in the archives over at virtualassistantpodcast.com. And go back and listen to episode number 18 because uh, that's all about what it takes to become a virtual assistant and, and some ideas and thoughts related to that. So thank you for sharing that story. It's always good to get to know sure. how you got to where you were. And the fact that you started out creating these newsletters, which I, I assume that you probably uh, mailed or emailed out. Um, both actually, we, uh, did everything via email and then, uh, every six weeks we, we did a hard copy mail out. Gotcha. And so really creating a, a newsletter for somebody else, uh, it's not a huge stretch to t take that kind of experience and then bring it into the world of blogging. 
not at all. It, it's uh, a very easy uh, transition. So in, in that particular newsletter, um, we would uh, look at, of course, there's general content that is going on within the company itself. And so that would need to be included. And then there was the uh, events going on. And then there was a feature article. And um, so there were the, there were all the elements that you find in um, blogs today. So when I got to... Uh, contemporary VA and and got into the blogging aspect of it, it was a natural transition. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, So here's here's what I want to know is, you know, let's consider for just a moment, there's somebody listening to this and they have a business and they've heard about this social media, they heard about social marketing, they've been told by several other people that you should consider doing a blog, but they don't have time to do it. I mean, in their mind, you know, even etching out 30 to, you know, 50 minutes a week to create a couple blog posts and schedule them out, you know, can they do it? Yeah, but is it something they want to do right away? Probably not. So for those people, the question is, should they hire a virtual assistant to create a blog for them? And can you tell me, what is what do you think are maybe a, a benefit or a, a few benefits of having a virtual assistant write blog posts for you? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to kind of break that down into a little bit. Obviously, I'm biased and I think everybody should hire a virtual assistant. Um, but uh, specifically for blogging, I think it is an ideal use of your virtual assistant. Um, the virtual assistant is there to, uh, I, be, I remember one of your podcasts was No Task is Too Small. And even the 15 to 30 to 45 minutes is, is a time eater in your world. So if you, you have that virtual assistant that can blog for you, that is such a critical element uh, in keeping interaction with your audience and keeping your website information fresh. So it's not something that, that you have to stress over as the business owner. You can get on to product creation and, and things like that. So, um what what you want to consider though in the blogging is that the, you need to decide what role you want them to play. They can either write the blog completely and put it onto your your website. They can write a part of it and then let you tweak it and put it into your own voice, or you can spend the time writing it and they can just post it. I personally think that the best use of the time is to let your your VA handle it uh, because they'll have your VA is going to have an idea of what your voice is because they're handling so many other things. Your your contact with them is going on daily, and um, VAs know you a lot better than you probably think they do. They are, um, and I know Cliff, you have become uh, accustomed to that in building your relationship with. Andrea, uh, she she knows you um, without even having to guess a lot of times, and probably that surprises you on occasion where she just knows exactly what you would do. Right, and uh, and so the the blog is really no different in in that aspect. So benefits, obviously, time uh, is a huge one, and uh, we always mention that one. And then I touched on the fact that. If, if your VA is blogging for you and they're able to do that regularly, then your website does continually get updated 
And for somebody who's trying to build a business and not to get real technical, but um, one of the things that search engines look for is they look for fresh content. Yeah. And having a regular blog and that material being updated is critical to that. And so having your VA do that um, is one of the best things you can do to increase your presence out there in the virtual world. Absolutely. And and, and I, I, I just want to speak two other things to the, the benefits of having a blog in is is if you have a virtual assistant who's out there consistently blogging, the, the obviously they're going to be blogging about various different topics all related to your business or at least tied in some way to your business. So you have this you have this wide variety of content that's valuable to your your audience, your potential audience, your current clients, your prospective clients and people who will just be searching out on on Google. And the more topics you have, the more links that's going to generate from search engine results back to your website. And what I can say with all certainty, and I hear this on a weekly basis, and I literally have about 10 to 15 new clients or prospective clients contact me on a weekly basis, either to order products from me or to hire me one-on-one based upon finding me as a result of a Google search or or a, another search engine search. I think there are other search engines out there. But anyway, um, and they'll, they'll find me because of content that I've produced. And, and um, I never, in, I'm in a place now where I never have to convince somebody to hire me because they are able to see by the content that I produce on my site that I am very knowledgeable in my field, in my industry. They can see the content that I have put out there and they know that this guy is very much informed with all of the latest information related to this niche and that's why I want to hire this person. Absolutely. One of the things that people don't look at the blog at um, but should is the blog is just another product that you have. It just happens to be a free product. And so it is it's value added in addition to someone uh, who is buying something from you. They're going to continue to get that updated information. And, and like you said, Cliff, you are an expert. And one of the, the things that shows people that is that you are constantly updated with the latest the greatest you're not it's not stale and so they really appreciate uh getting that fresh content and having somebody that can do that for you um really only increases your reputation from a positive aspect exactly and the one other thing i want to ask though is is are there any disadvantages that you can think of to having a virtual assistant actually do the blogging for you? Well, you know, I think that you could say that one of the disadvantages is, is that um, if you are so busy that you are not, don't have the opportunity to uh, read your own blog and, and just double check the content, um, then you get, you can become disconnected. Uh, but you know, you need to, to still look and, and see what's going on there. If you don't have a long-term relationship with your VA, I recommend that at least for the first few times that they do it, um, double check before it goes uh, live. You know, they're in WordPress and, and many other uh, blogging platforms. There's the draft feature. You can always have your your 
VA put it in in draft, and then you can sign off on it before. And signing off on something takes a lot less time uh, and is a, is a good investment as compared to spending all the time doing the research and the writing. Yeah. Now, I, we have somebody in our chat room, and they just posted something out there. And, and I'd love to know what your thoughts on the, are on this. But they say, uh, never outsource your core competencies. What, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I think that uh, I, I don't actually consider as a VA, I don't consider myself really as outsourced. I consider myself working in a satellite location. Um, even though, yes, my paycheck says CVA, I am absolutely, and this is our approach as VAs within, within CVA, we're partners with our clients. And so I'm as much a part of my clients' organizations. I never have considered myself an outsourced employee. Uh, and so that would really be my thought on it. Uh, I have a daily relationship with each and every one of the clients and, and we have that, that's our company culture is to build that. Um, so that we don't seem like strangers and, and we are part of your organization. I, I want to completely agree with you there. I, I, I have a hard time sometimes when I introduce Andrea via email to somebody that I, one of my clients or, or to somebody that I know, I always, I, I will introduce her as my assistant, you know, Andrea. Uh, and and I have a hard time. Sometimes it's, it's weird to say, you know, that that this she's a virtual assistant because in my mind, I, it, it's not an outsource. It's very much as though she was as if she was an employee, as, the, as as though she was just a part of my business, and and not even just an employee. But I, I would consider Andrea to be almost a a partner in the things that I do. She actually comes up with. Uh, uh, creative thoughts and and ideas for my business, some of of which I I implement, some of which I say that's a great idea, but I really don't have time for that now. But sh- she's very much a part of that, and I agree. Although going back to what this person in the chat room said is about about you know outsourcing core com- competency, and and I think maybe you know when I think of outsourcing, I think I I can probably see it as as you could have different degrees of of your definition of outsourcing and by outsourcing i can th- if i was to say don't delegate your core competency to somebody else even within your organization and i think maybe that's what the person in the chat room might have been saying and i want to sure. say that i actually struggle with that i mean like there are some things where you know it's like i there's not i mean yes andrea knows me and she can actually research the you know the latest in news updates related to some things in my industry and she could blog about that and and speak with some authority about some th- an article she re- read and summarize it and bring together a blog post but when it comes to it my core competency of training and teaching and giving personal instruction through a blog post about how i feel about this particular topic or or, hey, somebody wrote me this question and here's what I feel about that. Obviously, that's something that would be a core competency that I wouldn't want to outsource or to delegate over to Andrea and say, Andrea, this person wants to know how I feel about condenser microphones versus dynamic. You, you've you heard a couple of my episodes. Will you go and write a blog post about that? She's not going right, to be able to right. she's not going to be able to come at that topic with the passion and zeal that I would. Absolutely. And I agree there. I mean, I would not want, um, you know, someone to obviously you need to be the one doing your podcast. 
Um, but there, and, and so that's certainly one of your core competencies. But uh, unless you are a professional blogger, when we're talking about in this aspect, if it is a, a standard regular blog um, that needs, you know, updated information, not necessarily your method or, um, you know, Perhaps with Andrea, she can take one of your um, your ebooks and garner material from there. That's still original to you, um, but the VA is responsible for formatting the content and putting uh, into the blog platform. Right, and and I can actually see, you know, there there are certain you know aspects of of my own podcastanswerman.com. I there are certainly things I could do, for example, with Andrea and say, hey, I would love to have you uh, monitor, you know, f- keywords, uh, I guess Google alerts for articles and news stories uh, related to to podcasting specifically. Just look for that keyword, podcasting, and if a story comes up, uh, like for example, there a long time ago, there was this whole hoopla about the, you know, somebody had filed a patent for podcasting and they, they were, they won, it was approved. And it literally took way too much of my time to read through all of the articles. And and those are things that I could have said, you know, Andrea, I would love it if you would be willing to please read this article and will you please summarize this in a way that I understand all the key critical ingredients here. And then actually with, with all that research, she could put that together. I could proofread it and say, yeah. And and I and and like you said, there are many different ways you could have them completely do this for you. You could have them write it and you approve it, add to it, what it take away, or you could just do it yourself and have them post it. And so I could see varying different approaches to different topics and and things as they go along. Is that that all makes sense, right? Yes. 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 Now I I have to I'm watching the chat room as well, and I think. Uh, there's an interesting question in there now about disclosing the VA as the author or as a ghostwriter. That is exactly um, the next question I was going to say is, is do you actually write these as if these blog posts are coming from the business owner or do we disclose that this is, you know, a guest, you know, a guest blogger? Um, I actually do both. And uh, well, three, because in, in one of the blog posts, I am actually the blogger um, because it's, it is my personal experience in going through what what the client does. So we, that was uh, just another idea. In they they teach things, and so uh, me as a new person, I blog on my experience in going through the training process. Um, so that is directly for me. And then we have uh, clients that will um, indicate that they have. Um, people that write from them from time to time, but it it is completely endorsed by them. So, and then there are some clients that prefer to make it totally anonymous. Uh, and I, that's, that's up to the, the professional and then their preference. Uh, so I, I don't know that there's a right or wrong way. Ghostwriters are, have been around for a long time and nobody has to disclose that. Uh, and and this is just a a micro version of that. Yeah, I just I just learned today, and in fact, I just learned less than an hour ago. I was while I was um, 
having lunch and, and preparing some other things here, I was listening to a podcast by Dan Miller, a good friend of mine and a client of mine. Uh, and he, I just learned that Gary Vaynerchuk, when he wrote Crush It, that he did not write that book. He actually had a ghostwriter write that book for him. Had no clue. I think that we would be surprised if we actually knew uh, how many things out there are not written by the people whose name is on the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you so. know, I, you know, and this, I think this is an interesting question, and and it's a valuable topic to 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 debate. And I think that I'm going to fall down on the side of saying, you know what, I'm one of those people that believes in in transparency and and being authentic, and saying, you know what, um, you know, uh, I think if I had Andrea research the news and 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 read articles and post valuable updates and stuff like that. I would either A, have her submit to me a summary of the article that could be a blog post and then me personally taking that information and and putting my own personal touch on it and then having her post that as if it were me because obviously I've, I mean, whether I had her put together the summary of the research or I researched it myself, the final product would be me personally giving my feeling, putting my touch on it. Right. Uh, whereas, or I could say, you know what? I trust you from all the things that you've done. You do some great synopsis. You're, you're great at writing these blog posts. And I think I would actually, what I would do in that scenario personally, and I'm not saying, you, you know, there's a right or a wrong way here. Uh, but personally I would actually have Andrea an account where to where on my blog, it will say posted by Andrea uh, Andrea Schumann of Ravenscraft Enterprises LLC, or you know, it, it would actually say sure. posted by her. But the value, and, and that that's a great way to go because it is it is more, certainly more transparent, and um, you see a lot of the uh, another thing that you'll see is the avatars, um, such as you have with the GSPN uh, TV community, mm-hmm. and um, you know that is kind of a a virtual representation of of someone who is putting in information um that's that's not necessarily you it's not necessarily andrea uh, but it is coming from somebody within the organization exactly and 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 what i see there is that you're still bringing the value added the fact is is that people can subscribe to your rss feed and not only would they get podcast episodes as you release release them but they would also get valuable up-to-date information related to things that are in the news related to podcasting that I, if I was to rely on myself to do it myself, I probably wouldn't get around to blogging about that stuff as it happens and keeping you informed and right up to date as soon as you need to know or, or as soon as you would like to know. Whereas if, if, you know, if I have Andrea go and research this stuff, blog about it on my behalf, put, or, you know, front on her behalf and putting it on my site, I am still seen as the person providing the value to my clients or to my audience. Sure, sure. So, so that you're still providing value. And 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 personally, I like I really like the idea on full disclosure. I, I think if I if there's anything that I've learned in the last five and a half years uh, involved in social media is that people I think people are more open and receptive to authenticity and transparency to the nth degree. Well, and I also think that most people understand that you can't do everything. Right. Um, but if, if you are transparent and say, all right, um, I've got somebody who does the research or I have somebody who does the proofreading or the editing, 
um, you know, there are, that's certainly a huge thing. If you uh, are maybe some people are afraid to blog because they know they are not good uh, writers. And so they'll have their VA act as the editor and proofreader uh, prior to posting. And sometimes there is a great deal of work involved with that to shape up a blog and still keep the voice there. Um, but that's that's another use, a good use of your VA for the blogging platform. All right. So let's just say I'm a small business owner. I've decided, you know what, I've heard so much about this blogging stuff. I understand that I need to change my website over from an HTML based site over to maybe a blogging platform like WordPress, which Cliff would suggest very highly. Um, and I'm, I'm going to hire a virtual assistant. I'm going to get this blogging stuff underway. Let me ask you, where does a virtual assistant go to find resources and materials for content for the blog? Well, it, you know, it's all over the internet. Um, you know, one of the things that I recommend that VAs do uh, is get a list of keywords from, you know, develop that list from the client. And so, you know, you as, as a client who's hiring a VA, give them a list of things that you uh, either know that people search for to find you um, or things that you want them to find you when they're searching. So in your case, obviously, podcasting is a huge list of keyword specific phrases and see what people are out there talking about in podcasting. So, you know, that's one source. Look at news sites um, with up-to-date information that changes. Um, you definitely want to check the date of material because with the internet, things are changing all of the time. So you, you don't want to blog about something that's stale already. That could be the death of you because uh, you don't want to blog about technology that went out two years ago. Um, and then the other thing that uh, you need to make sure that they are um, getting something and not just rewriting a sentence. The content needs to be original yes. so that you want to make sure that you're very clear with your VA that if they're going to help you with this, that they can certainly gather resources and look at other blogs that are out there. But they're not just repurposing other blogs. It, it, it needs to be genuine new content. They're only looking at it for more for ideas and then you can provide a technical framework of it. I love that. Valuable advice. And folks, I really encourage you, if you missed any bit of that, go back about 30, 40 seconds and listen to that again. It is very important that you don't copy other people's content and just change a single word here or there. You want original thought out content uh, that is 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 completely rewritten from a different perspective based upon maybe the research and the inspiration you got from somebody else's material, but definitely don't copy people's material. Instead, yep. and in fact, this is something that I think is very important and a good practice here is make sure that when your virtual assistant finds articles and blogs and 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 inspiration from other people's sources, here's what you do. Make sure that they actually link back to that original source. And what this does is those people, those other businesses, those other blogs, those other services, they will be notified. There, there are ways that they can find out that people have clicked from your blog post back through to their site. And what this does is it gets you on their radar. 
So you you start to show up and and all of a sudden they they see you as providing value to them, generating content and traffic. And before you know it, it's very possible that they might start writing about you and the things that you say. And so that's I th- an excellent point. I think I think that that is one of the key things about blogging and creating content that people and and you want to encourage people to to freely take what you have and and to be inspired to 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 talk about some of the stuff that you have and to link back to you and and this is I mean you can pay people thousands of dollars to get you you know all search engine optimized but I'll tell you what you don't have to do that just create content that that is relevant and valuable and in and, and such a way that people will be inspired to link back to you and that you are reciprocating by linking back to other people. And I guarantee you, you will find yourself at the top of the search engine results. Absolutely. And, and that is that is critical in the uh, um, the link back is that, you know, having that embedded into your blog. And um, if you're if you're new at it, certainly go out to one of the forums and find out how to hyperlink and and keep that in there because that is a complete gesture of respect in the blogging community and you want to do that all the time. Absolutely. Now, Andrea actually, uh, and, and in full disclosure, Andrea does provide me some sample questions that I might possibly want to ask. So I have two questions here uh, for, that Andrea supplied for me. Uh, she says, should a virtual assistant submit articles across the internet? Do you know what she might be thinking there? I, I do know what she might be thinking. Um, she could possibly be referring to article submission sites, which uh, there are some that you can put out there for um, free release. And uh, so I'm getting the, the thumbs up. Yep. Uh that is very, very common, especially when you are building your reputation in the virtual world, the electronic world, um, as an expert and a go-to person. It because people will use those article submission sites to pull content um, for their own sites. You know, you can actually it is okay to borrow somebody else's blog as long as you do give them full credit. If it applies to you and you know, that can be your feature or guest article. It doesn't necessarily have to be yours. If somebody wrote it just so much better than you could ever dream of, then, you know, pay them the honor and the respect of pulling that. Well, the, the the reverse is true. If you make yourself available as an expert uh, through those submission sites, then that's not a bad idea. However, that being said, you do run the risk. There are people, and it has happened, who are going to take your material from that and aren't always going to be so honest. Um, I've had an instance once before where somebody did that and completely destroyed the article that was posted and and it um, made it seem like it was from the original author, but it was it, just not uh, a viable uh, topic at all at, by that point. Right. Have you ever heard of a service called contentcrooner.com? I'm not familiar with that one, no. Okay. Now, Andrea submitted this to me at, to, to, to mention in the podcast and it looks like it says the evolution of article marketing. And it says because our automatic article distribution gets you wider distribution, more links, better search engine positioning, and more traffic. All of this for in less effort 
read how it works. And so if you go to contentcrooner.com, it looks like you bring your, your blog submission or your article, you put it into this service and it sends it out via Twitter, via RSS, uh, sends it out to Google, to a couple of other services called e-zine, e-zine articles uh, and yes. Go articles and Bing and it, it just sends it out to a lot of other places. Uh, looking at it though, it's not a free service. It looks like uh, the minimum is like uh, thirty nine ninety nine a month, or there's an annual subscription for two sixty nine ninety nine, or you can get a one time lifetime membership for six hundred dollars. So I, I mean, if you're really serious about you know really taking blogging to the to the nth degree, uh, this might be something worth looking into as well. Yes, I mean, there's those are there are several services out there that do that. And of course, that is a lot less time consuming than going to the individual sites. Um, and, and you do have some control over, over what people uh, can get access to and whether they have to pay for your article or it's free. But uh, if you're just building, having it free is, is a good way to make yourself available. All right. What, what advice would you give to somebody right now listening to this podcast and and they're they're on the fence. They they have been thinking about this blogging. They've been thinking about setting the side to do it, aside the time to do it themselves. But really, they're it's just been on their to do list forever. What do you what advice do you have for that person? You got to do it. Um, and and I'll tell you one of the main things. Uh, you know, Google is uh, I think most of us would agree, and, and statistically, it is the number one search engine in the world. And one of Google's uh, things as far as visibility is they are looking for fresh, constantly updated content. And the number one thing they look for is a blog page in, in someone's site. And a lot of people are not uh, aware of that. But a blog page on there is critical if you want any sort of visibility. So, you know, get off the fence, you know, get to do it, even if it a blog post people get nervous because they think blog, they think essay and it's not, it is a, it can be so simple as a five to six sentence journal entry just to let people know what's going on in your organization. It doesn't have to be, you know, four pages long. In fact, it shouldn't be, it should be a taste of what your organization has to offer um, so that it encourages people to come back for tidbits, encourages them to look around at your site for other things. Uh, It's, it's not a book, you know, you can write books and you can have um, articles that are very lengthy and free reports and, and let people, People buy those or opt in for those and have those available. The blog is there to wet their whistle, so to speak, and keep keep some some fresh content constantly coming. You know, I I, I look around. I have a lawn service that comes in and does my lawn for us every week. You know, and you got all these landscaping. And and when I was looking around, I I un- ended up going with somebody that had that was a referral. And and it's it's just crazy how none of of the hardly any of these landscaping services have a decent website and the ones that do have a website i mean it's static information and and really the website was built four and a half years ago it looks antiquated there's hardly anything there i mean can you imagine the opportunity for a blog to just have a a a a simple landscaping company just a local landscaper small business maybe five seven employees 
you're out there working all day long, but you have a virtual assistant. And that, I mean, just an idea for a blog there is seasonal, you know, bugs, you know, that are eating your shrubs and, and talking about what those bugs are and how you can, you know, how you can keep those away and protect your plants. And uh, you could actually have, you could literally just take a before and after photo of of some landscaping work that you've done and send that over to your virtual assistant and have them format it, that into a blog post entry so that, I mean, you're out there, you're doing so much work and man, there are one people of, that would love to see that. One of the most, um, the easiest ways to start a blog is to take your, um, your frequently asked questions page and make a blog post out of each of those questions. Uh, because the answers to those questions that you have are, you know, that's your expert advice and it doesn't take long to answer them, but it's perfect because those are things that people, if they're frequently asked, then you're hearing it a lot and people will be interested in, in knowing those answers. Exactly. You know, and, and our and our friend, one of our friends in the chat room uh, says a lawn mowing blog might be as exciting as watching grass grow. And see, that's a, that's the problem that a lot of business owners have. They think, I mean, I, I, I mow grass all day long. It's like, well, no, if you're landscaping, you do more than I mean, I, most landscapers I know. Sure, they mow grass, but they also build fences, you know, and, and why not talk? Why not do a blog post about each type of fencing and what are the benefits and drawbacks of each and how long do they last and 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 you know you know how there's so much that you could blog about in a in, in just landscaping and in a lawn care company so i think i think the biggest thing i'm going to suggest is that if you're in a business and you've been thinking about blogging uh, or if you haven't think, thought about blogging start thinking about it and think creatively and out of outside of the box and one thing that might be helpful is having a virtual assistant that can help you think beyond, you know, just the simple, you know, what do I do most? But I mean, it's the question is, are there other things you do in your business that you offer as services that are maybe even more profitable? Well, guess what? If you talked about them more and you blogged about them more, chances are you might find yourself actually getting, you know, less lawn, you know, mowing services and more of those, you know, rock patio services that you do that you love to do and make you a ton of money well you know and let's get back to the visibility issue if you're the only landscaping company that's doing a blog then when somebody does a search for a landscaper you're going to be the number one that comes up in that search so guess who's going to be making more money and being busier the blogging one uh, about the grass growing exciting or not they're going to have the visibility and, and the better chance for the business. There you go. Well, Holly, thank you so much for coming on yet again to the Virtual Assistant Podcast. I really appreciate it. Anytime. I was glad to be a part of it and look forward to the next one. Yeah, we'll certainly have Holly on again in the future. And we want to say a special thank you to Contemporary VA for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, head over to virtualassistantpodcast.com. On the right-hand side, there's a big, huge advertisement that says, Proudly sponsored by Contemporary Virtual Assistants. Click on that link. You can set, go over there and find out where you can hire a virtual assistant to start your blog. Anyway, God bless you all. Thank you. And until next time, I encourage you to join the community. Hey.